Hello everybody and welcome to another Comedians interview for my blog and podcast A Rich Comic Life. My name is Richard Gill and my blog describes my experiences of watching nearly 1,000 comedians and counting over the last 46 years. I'm delighted to welcome my guest today, the fantastic Miss Stevie Martin. Yeah! Thank you. Thank you. Hello. <laughs> Excellent welcome and correct. <laughs> How are you? You all right? I'm very well, thank you, Richard. Yes, I'm good. I must apologise if in the background you hear um, uh, scratching sounds. It's not uh, a ghost, it's my tortoise. And she's <laughs> in a run behind me and she's climbing up a brick. So, yeah. That's lovely. <laughs> when, I, when I was very small, we used to have a tortoise called Plug. We called him Plug because when you when you lifted him up, he used to wee everywhere. Oh, <laughs> excellent. Well, ours is called an Allison, so it's much more straightforward. Much yeah. more, much more. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, we're going to chat about your comic career for the next 45 minutes to an hour. And I'd like to kick off by asking you, um, you're, a, you're an actor, a writer, and a podcaster. How did you become a comedian in the first place? Well, I went to uni at Durham, and they have quite that at the time, and they still do. They have a very good student comedy scene. And so the current Durham Review, they're called, um, but not the current one, the one that was kind of running when I was there was Nish Kumar, Ed Gamble and Tom Neenan wow. and a wonderful woman called Katie Barker and then a man called Pete who I've forgotten his last name and um, he was brilliant too um, but obviously three of those have gone on to be comedians and I auditioned for them so I, I actually auditioned for like Ed Gamble <laughs> like sat me and Ed Gamble were just in a room and I had to like it was really scary and I only did it because my friend um, got me drunk and <laughs> said <laughs> Oh, you told that funny story about a hat that one time. And I was like, I can't, I'm going to be a writer. Um, <laughs> so I, what are you talking about? And I was so nervous and I felt so silly, but I was like, oh, I'm at uni, like, why not? And then I got in and then I, and then I literally did not speak for two years. I was so frightened of being in that group. I was just like, it's a joke if you want to be, you don't have to take it. Um, and it was me and my friend Liz, um, we were the two girls in it. And at that time, it was very much like, it, even when I was writing sketches, I would write sketches where I would just come in and go, what? Okay. And then leave. Like I wasn't doing, <laughs> giving all the great monologues to the guys. And then, um, and it was very much like, oh, you know, a lot of them went on to be, to work in the industry and, and they, they still do now, but it was just not a thing that I thought I did. It's not like I thought, oh, I can't do it. I just was just like, well, that's not, that's, that's absurd. Yeah. So I did an MA in journalism and became a journalist. and was a journalist for about six or seven years. Yeah. In that time, me and Liz, who I was in the review with, and a girl called Tessa, who was in the year below, but also in the Durham review as well, who we auditioned in, we, we sort of became pals and we were like, just sort of fed up, like really fed up. And I kept, I, I was a comedy reviewer for a while. Right. I, I edited this magazine called Fest in, Ed, in, in, in Edinburgh. Oh, I know it well, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, and, and so, I mean, so I, I was in, in the, very much the dark side. Um, and, <laughs> and then I re I went to see this this group called Birthday Girls, who are a really great sketch group. We're still going. We've had Rose Johnson on here. She's, She's on a, She was at my house last night. We got oh, very right. <laughs> <laughs> She's great. 
Um, and I saw them do a show and I was just like, and there was three girls. And I was like, it was so stupid because it was like, I think it was mid 2011. And it kind of a light went in my head. I was like, oh, you can be a girl sketch group. What? <laughs> um, and so then I called, I literally went outside and called Liz and was like, we should, I've just seen a sketch group. And they were so fun. And we could, we could do that. Like we could have fun. Like, do you remember when we used to write sketches and stuff? But it would be like, we'd have the lines too. <laughs> um, and so Tessa got involved and then we were in a sketch group and I did it alongside my journalism career for a long time. And then when it sort of started to balance, sort of to tip, I started doing solo stuff. And now I'm not a journalist. Now I am a, a comedian slash writer, I would say, yes. That's excellent. That's really good. Um, it's funny you mention Ed Gamble because uh, I see Ed Gamble a lot at Always Be Comedy and the man always takes the mickey out of me sitting on the front row laughing at him. <laughs> but what a great comedian. And, he's and, wonderful. Oh, he is. He's brilliant. Um, and... Um, uh, Similar to me, um, I went on a writing course for my blog, and uh, just just for a half day, and and they said to me, um, uh, uh, um, we forget why you're here. Um, uh, can you can you remind me? And I said, well, you invited me, and I said, and I said, uh, everybody around me wants to be a reviewer. But I don't class myself as a reviewer. I think I'm 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 an enthuse for the for the comedians that go on there. Whenever I go to a to a comedy night, I always just have such a good time, and I'm so um, enthused for the idea. So I'm not a reviewer. I'm not a critique. I'm not a reporter. I'm not a diarist. I'm a member of the audience out to have a good time. And they never bothered me again. <laughs> so so. I, you've got my utmost support in in everything you do because I've enjoyed you so much when I've watched you live and and, oh, and, and I think you. it's wonderful. Um, can you tell me um, more precisely about your first ever gig and what was it like? Oh my God! I was, I was, <laughs> the first ever one, proper one, professional one, not at uni because obviously, you know, that doesn't really count, does it? The first one was. I, I I won't I'm not going to say who it was and what the night was, but we it was in a, a, a pub in Kentish Town and we'd never done a gig as Massive Dad before. This is my sketch group was yeah, called yeah. Massive Dad, and we'd like brought scripts and we'd like and we were so nervous. We would, I, I was like shaking like we, we, we tried to cancel a few times and like we were just like, so nervous. And we got there and it was like a nice little crowd and it was very like. Um, you know, tables, people sitting around drinking and kind of watching. It wasn't like a theatre. So it was quite nice, quite casual. But the MC, the MC introduced us, and I'm not lying. He he introduced us like this. So next up we have three women. Okay. No. Okay. And he went, I think they work for the BBC. We didn't. And went, oh. all right, well, let's see how this goes. It was so weird because it sounds like I'm making a, a like it sounds like I'm making it up. And so and we kind of were like, oh, do we come up now? Okay. And we did it. And it went very well. We were very pleased with, with it because we because it was our first one. And so uh, some of the jokes worked despite us like holding paper like this. <laughs> and, and then afterwards he went, they're actually quite fun. Oh, well, no. I, I mean, well, you know, women can be doing comedy these days, but not in Dubai because it's illegal. And we were like, what's he talking about? And then he said something incredibly racist about Jewish people, and then we left. Oh. Um, but that was that was our first that was our first kind of um, 
introduction to comedy. And it's only in the last few years that I realised that we didn't we didn't gig very much. We would do like our own nights and, and we didn't really think about it. And it's because our first experiences of gigging were quite bad. Um, <laughs> but now I do gigs and now, you you know, when you kind of get older and you realise, you, you just pick, you pick the gigs that other comedians go, oh, that's yeah. a really good one. You don't just do literally anything because you've seen that they have a gig and they've got like a little sandwich board outside. You've got to go. So it's like always be comedy. It's an excellent night, always good. And everyone there is is friendly and it's always and the audience is good and also you just know it's going to be a useful night for you yeah, as well like yeah. people are going to laugh at everything but they you get a good sense of what you're doing yeah. there's loads of really nice nights like that but now i've started to only now only like five years seven years later i've started to kind of realize gigging is actually good <laughs> it's a good thing to do it's not always weird men going you're a woman like that doesn't happen <laughs> Well I, think, well, I think to start off with, that is disgraceful. I mean, if you're funny, you're funny. It doesn't matter whether you're a man, a woman, or whatever, whatever, you know. Yeah. It's, you, if you're, you're unique and you're original with your material, then you deserve everything that you, that every success, you know. Um, yeah. uh, but I also think that, that you're right. I think that... Um, it all boils down to experience and a lot of comedians have told me this it doesn't matter whether you have a good or a bad gig you should learn something from all of them and take it away and then you can improve on it and it, and it mm -hmm. does you know i think i think um i mean i'm i'm a classic example for an audience member it's very very rare that i sit in silence <laughs> i'm the same i laugh less. I, I, when i go to edinburgh and i go and watch yeah <laughs> people like there's, there's been two times where people someone's looked around and gone like are you all right <laughs> I'm, like, it's a comedy night. I'm laughing yeah 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 it's, it's exactly it's exactly that there's a there's a famous um story where um i, I was at headliners and i was watching ricky grover and there was a heckler in the front row being really horrible and really nasty. And he stopped the show, jumped down, threw him out, and then came back on to the um, Rocky theme tune because he was an ex-boxer. That was very good. <laughs> and that was very good. Everybody jumped up and gave him a round. For, and of course, the rest of his gig was fantastic. So. Yeah. It should all be positive. We're not there to see the audience. We're there to see the comedians doing doing their best, and they always do. You know that mm -hmm. um, my, my my support for them will never diminish. You know because it's 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 such a great positive thing to do anyway. You know yeah. so so um, please keep doing it. Um, I will. <laughs> thank you. Uh, um, <laughs> Before you go on stage, do you suffer from any nerves at all? And if so, how do you cope with them? Imagine if I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm absolutely fine. Um, no, of course, yes, I do. And also I think because I didn't come up on the circuit like a lot of stand-ups, um, it means that I didn't gig as much. So I'm still probably at a level where lots of people are when they're, you know, like... You get the more you do anything, the more the, the easier it gets, and you get to like manage the nerves and stuff. And I, I'm at the stage where I think I can manage the nerves sometimes, but because I was, I was so I used to get so I used to be sick. I used to like wow. yeah, I couldn't eat for like two days before, and this is just like a ten minute 
slot where I was doing material that I knew was fine. Like that's that level. And um, now, although I haven't done live for a long time, so I'm quite, I'm doing some shows in July and I'm quite scared, but I think it's now more excitement because I, I think that the, the thing that pushed me into a different sort of headspace was when I realized when stuff goes wrong, it's fine. And, and you can make it funny. Yeah. I didn't trust myself that if I lost a line or like I had a, in my first show, I had an end joke where like the entire set around me just collapsed. And there was a, well, then when I got to Edinburgh, there was a door where if an audience member went to the toilet and they came back in at that point, they'd die. So <laughs> a bookshelf would fall off. So, and so, so there was so many instances where I'd be like, and then I'd go to, and then someone would like come back in after having gone to the toilet. I'd be like, no! And, like, <laughs> like, and, and I was like, at the time, I'd leave being like, oh, I, I went off script. And I didn't, but then I realized like that was the best bits of the show. Yeah. Where, like, you know, I'd be like, oh, you don't want to go to the loo now because that's, I can't tell you. Like, or I would come out and the entire set would collapse in the first moment. And I'd be like, but that's the end joke. And then the audience would find that so funny. So then at the end, when it did happen, I was like, and there's where it's meant to fucking happen. Um, and I realized like, it took me a long time to realize that it's kind of okay. And the moment you realize that it's okay, Okay, the whatever happens, okay, of course you might do a set and no one will laugh. And so I'm like, go, what? Which has happened once as well. <laughs> and one went, what? Oh, no. And then another time one went, oh God. No. <laughs> like, oh. Um, I did say the word asshole, and then some people don't <laughs> like that. And they don't like to be reminded that they've got one. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I, I've found that, of course, you can have the, the gigs where it doesn't really work out and the audience don't really get it or whatever. Um, but I've had enough of those where I feel like, okay, well, that's you. Yeah. You didn't get me. That's okay. But I know that some people do. So that, And it takes a long time to build up enough nice gigs right. and, and also to see that your material works enough to be confident enough to go, oh, I think you just didn't like that rather than that was bad. Um, <laughs> it takes a long time. And I'm sort of there, but, uh, I'm, but I am, yeah, I'm much better now when something goes, goes wrong. So I think that just helps me be a little bit less nervous. I, I get more excited now and more, you know, like I've, there's, a, there's a footballer, Virgil van Dijk, who said when he go like he manages nerves by basically turning all of the symptoms of fear and going like, I'm excited and prepared. And I was like, yeah, that's what it feels like. Yeah, You're yeah, yeah. And you say, so you, 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 you can take the sweating palms and go, oh my God, I'm going to, I'm going to screw this up. Or you can be like, my body is readying itself. Let's do this. <laughs> so I go out just sweating. Like, oh! <laughs> um, yeah. It's in, it's interesting because other than this blog, for me, the most creative thing I've ever done is I wrote and appeared in a play, uh, um, which I originally was going to be for the Edinburgh Fringe. It's, it was a half hour play and myself and my friend put it on for comic relief. And it, it, it's basically in a, in, a, in a nutshell, it's called it's called The Applicant. And it's basically about me coming down from my home city of Carlisle to London. And I've got a very successful girlfriend but I've never had a job interview. So I go for a number of job interviews and each interview, each scene is um, in the waiting room and then the interview, waiting room interview, waiting room interview. And, I, and I, because I'm on my own, I just start talking to the audience and build up the monologue. Mm. As the story goes on, there's a lot of plot. He gets his, um, he, he gets his favorite job. And just as he gets given his job, he dies with a, the interviewer kills him oh, and, in the, and in the and in the last scene 
um, he's at the gates of heaven or hell and he's being interviewed by God saying um, uh, um, uh, we've been watching you on planet earth and we think the ideal job for you is to interview corpses and I shrugged my shoulders so no to go out. now when I, we rehearsed this for, for 10 weeks and I, re I wrote the thing and when I ran out we did three shows when I ran out at the start I had this six page monologue which I'd written and I completely forgot it and I, I was oh just blurting goodness. out words and I was like a rabbit in headlights. Now I think that's different because you're taking it from a script where you said you can make it funny being a comic and spontaneity and all the rest of it. Do you agree with that? I'm still very scripted so I'm right. much more scripted than I try and show right. because I think there are some comedians that can just riff and go and I don't trust myself yet to do that. So everything that looks chilled and is still scripted, but I've had that exact thing with the sketch show that we used to do. It's I had a monologue at the start and I came out and was like, I don't know it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've been there. Oh, shit. And I think, I think I, I, from my perspective, I screwed it up because I was just like, I came out and I was like, oh, I don't know it. And I was like, just imagine, I, just imagine I said something about the weather. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think you'll get the gist. And then I left. And then my other two sketch models had to come out and do their, their sketch. And for me, from my perspective, I went backstage and I, was, I cried. I was like, I've ruined everything. I, but then obviously then when I came out, all my friends were like, that was really funny. Like, you, yeah, like, yeah. You, like yes, you found it funny, but I wanted to die. Yeah, like yeah. it's, a, and it, and so it, there's a, there's a misconception I think that like comedians can just like riff on anything. So, but inside, sometimes we're dying, and, <laughs> and, and and it's and sometimes it's luck of the draw whether you've seen us maybe mess up and it's funny, and there's about ten other times where we've messed up and it's just not funny. <laughs> Everyone's oh. gone. What are you doing? And you're like, oh, I'm screwed. Like in Edinburgh, I always have the first week in Edinburgh. Yeah. I basically always forget my lines, like every single show. I'll be like, and it'll be different points. I'm like, I can't even, and, I'll, and, I will, and it's just nerves. Yeah. And so I had, to, I had to write in something to my second show. So if I forgot a line, it became a joke later on. Right. So it was on purpose because I was forgetting them so often. In reviews, they'd be like, "Yeah, she doesn't really know a line." So it's like, "Oh no, it was only one time." But yes, yeah, sometimes <laughs> you just go, "Oh," and I'd have to be like, "Jake," to my tech, be like, "I'm sorry, I forgot," and I'd laugh, and, they, and the audience would be really nice. But you can't make that look professional. Like, well, you have just. No. <laughs> well, well, it, well. It was interesting because I I managed to get my favourite joke into the monologue. I called the character Norman Oliver Hope. So on the letters, it was dear Mister N O Hope, no hope. I thought that. Yeah, was lovely. But um, uh, so so I but I just blurted these words out, and then as soon as the other person came on the stage, we were riffing off each other, and we were back in, and I never yeah. made the mistake again the next two nights. That's, so that'll do it. That so again, it is all experience. Um, yes, think, and having people with you as well is helpful yeah, yeah, to prompt yeah. you and give you a bit of confidence. Yeah. 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 Um, let's move on to Edinburgh properly. Um, I, I am very fortunate to be able to go to the Edinburgh Fringe every year. So wow. I've, been, I've been going since 2005 and <sighs> I go for a week. It's my holiday. And I see about 50 shows and I need a holiday by the time I'm coming back. I'm absolutely I was going to say, that sounds exhausting. <laughs> but I cannot get enough of it. I absolutely love it. Can you tell me about your first Edinburgh Festival and what it was like, please? 
Well, I mean, the first one, I was a reviewer and I slept in my friend's bath because I didn't have any money. <laughs> um, nice. <laughs> nice. And then I went, to, I went um, with my with the Durham Review as well, which was, I can't really remember because I was drunk all the time. But like, I was only 18. It's all right. Um, but the, the first one I did, well, the first one I did was with my sketch group. And that was really... That was the first time that it was like, oh, this isn't like a fun jolly, like we're trying to get something out of this. And it was the first one where it felt very different. It wasn't just like, let's have a party and we've got a show on, fine, but we're going to have a great time. We had to kind of really, you know, flyer and work. And, and there was a lot of like, suddenly it was like, oh, how many have we got in? Oh, it's, and it, I started to realise basically how hard it is. And then, the, but then there was, a, so I've had lots of kind of firsts, obviously first review of one, first sketch show, proper show. And then the first solo show, it felt like I was doing it. That was in 2018. It was only a few years ago, but it felt like that was the first time I'd ever done it again yeah. because I was on my own and there was no one to help me. <laughs> and it was I've, it was so much pressure. I, I felt a lot of pressure. There wasn't, you know, this is just the normal pressure, but I felt so much pressure. And when you'd finish the show, I'd be like, I'd come off and be like, well, there's no one here to talk about it with oh. me. So I just go and have some noodles by myself every day <laughs> and go home. It's like, what are you doing? Live a little. By the end of it, I'd started to like, because I wasn't very, um, I didn't have loads of like comedy friends and stuff. And in that year, I, that was really nice because I started to meet people and be like, oh, other comedians aren't scary because I'm really scared of comedians because <laughs> I think they'll always be so funny in conversation that I won't be able to do anything. I'll be like, Oh, we're all doing accents, are we? I can't do any. I'm <laughs> doing jokes, and I don't. I'm I'm quite boring in real life, so I no, don't really. I don't believe that for a minute. <laughs> it is correct, um, but but I feel like you know. So so I'd always stay away, and then in 2018 it was really nice. I met some people, some really lovely people, and then by the end of the by the end of the month. I'd gone, uh, I was told about a secret DJ gig. All the comedians are at. So I'm I went there. to it. I'm there. I had a great time. So yeah, so now, so now it's a little bit easier. But yeah, I think each time I go to Edinburgh under a different guise, whether it's like a student, a reviewer, a sketch comedian, a solo comedian, it's completely different, but it's in the same old city that we both, I presume, love. Yeah. And you, and you feels really weird because I've got now so many because I've been going since 2007 yeah, I've yeah. got so many memories that are just oh, layered yeah. on and I'm I'm like a completely different person now to when I first went but it feels the same every time it pulls it the train pulls into Waverley it's exactly. really just like exactly. <laughs> as soon as you step off the train the atmosphere hits you it's yeah and, and even if you have even if I'm having a hard if I'm having a hard year and it, and it can they can, it can be really brutal yeah. but it, it even then like I still always want to go back and make, and like because I'm going to go back in 2022 yeah like I want I want to have that year where I just have a show and I'm just having a nice time just, yeah. the show doesn't have to be doing really well I just have to I want to enjoy the city again rather than being so bothered about you yeah. know ticket numbers and all of that yeah. <laughs> well, well. Hopefully, it will be back properly in 2022. I believe I think it might be. I yeah. believe there's going to be some sort of online part life. Yeah, but year. I'm not and doing that'll be I'm, all the famous people. I think. And, and yeah. by God, I missed it last year. I really did. Yes, yeah. I know. It was a bit. Well, I was very lucky since I was having a break last year, and then it was right. like, and I was like, oh, it's going to be so hard seeing everyone going up and no one well, up. And I was did. like, I actually <laughs> smashed it. I was smashed having a break. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was very hard. Um, you have performed the solo shows Hot Content and Volume One at the Edinburgh Fringe, as well as part of the critically acc acc acclaimed sketch show, like you said, Massive Dad. Um, 
please let me know where you get your ideas from for your sketches and your shows do you have some sort of writing process or do they just come naturally or how, how does it work it's not very well when it's a sketch show you've got three or sketch group you've got three people so you basically you know it's like right we've all got to bring ideas so it's different each time someone will be like i've literally got the idea of like i don't know a goat and you're like what <laughs> then someone else someone else thankfully has come up with something better so they're like great we could just work the goat in or maybe just delete the goat and move on and um, so we can kind of you've got like a team now when it's just me what i tend to do is when i'm i the first thing i tend to do is i have to have a deadline so it's like right. if i'm if i know i'm writing a show in edinburgh we've got this nice we just think we're going to start again in september this nice night called the night of nights at the bill murray where we do 10 me and five other comedians do 10 minutes and it has to be all new material and it's great because all some nights we all die but it's funny because it's just like you know the audience know what's happening we're just like we're just we've got all my phone notes we're just trying anything and you and and and, and so sometimes it's brilliant and um and but but what's nice is that if, if for example if i have a terrible one in 10 minutes time my friend dan cook will do one and it'll be amazing and then as so we all kind of balance each other out this we never all die and i think that's helpful because for example with 2022 edinburgh i know that I needed to get together 10 minutes, whatever, by whatever day it is in September. And so the first thing I do is I set a deadline of a small little bite-sized thing, not like an hour show, just like a little thing. And I just sit down and just try and think of, and I just brainstorm just anything. I have my phone notes as well. So whenever yeah, I think of something yeah. stupid or I say something, because it took me ages to do that thing where I think people think some comedians are like, whenever they're telling a the story, they're like, mm, that's actually great material. I've never done it. And then my boyfriend, who's a comedian, was like, you know, you should like write stuff down when you say things to friends and they all laugh. And I was like, yeah, but it feels very much like the things that you say in a bar would not work it on a sh in a show and he's like and that's why you've got to try it like, oh yes of course so then so i sort of go through my phone and a lot of it is absolute dross or just weird words the like the wood glue what's that like a lot of that. That's, that's, the, not that's the magic of the actor the originality is extraordinary I've absolutely, i mean wood glue who would have thought it uh, but, but yeah i'll be like what's that? but then some of them will be little paragraphs that i've written sort of doing something or whatever, and i kind of go oh i can see that that's a joke and then i'll write little t 10 minutes and then by, by the time you get six months in hopefully the idea is i get enough sort yeah. of stuff and a lot of it hasn't worked and i record everything and then never listen to it because i can't hear my own voice and then my director says you've literally got to listen to it that's the only way comics improve and i say shut up um, <laughs> and it's so bad and um, i would be so much better if i listened to my own stuff but i i sort of remember the stuff that did well because i remember being excited that it did well in the room and, I remember, and then i kind of go back and piece it together and try and make a narrative of it and i think and with this i do online sketches as well and with that that's the same sort of thing that's basically like if something just happened like you know i was having a real real problem with uh, hermes the parcel tracker and it was like oh this would be a great sketch just someone trying to find their parcel and, and that's more straightforward because i know what the format is it's me and my friend lola and we cut together 
and we'd kind of like have she's always the annoying kind of the, the parcel person or whatever and I'm always the person <laughs> trying to get it done and I write that and it kind of that's quite nice it's got a little format yeah. and I think so it's all different but I think there's a, there's a misconception though it's like I wake up at 9am and I just write comedy until 5pm that literally doesn't happen <laughs> I wish it did so much but it, it, the, the, the jokes and the ideas come when I'm like on a bus on a way to see a friend sure. or back home having had three wines or it's like four in the morning and I can't sleep or so much I'm on the loo like so much stuff happens when I'm on the loo and everyone's always like oh, I'm in the shower and you're like when I'm in the shower I don't think of anything it's loo time for me that's that's my time um, so I think it's different for everyone though isn't it as you must know doing yeah, this, yeah. this podcast yeah it's it's interesting because um, the first year I went to Edinburgh um, I uh, knew, I knew the um, the free fringe promoter there um, yeah. at the time and um, uh, um, he, uh, I said to him can I have a go at doing stand-up comedy please just to get wow. ahead of my system I was terrified oh my and, gosh um, and, and, and he went yeah yeah he said we've got um, I've, I've told a lot of comedians this story he said he said we've got a um, a gong show on at the Haymarket oh no don't a, do a gong show it gets worse on a Monday afternoon and it's for old folk so it couldn't be worse. <laughs> so I wouldn't do that now, Richard. I wouldn't do that now. <laughs> so I went. So I went. Yeah, yeah, all right. I'll do, it, I'll do it. So I wrote this script out, and he liked it. And and I walked out. There was three people in the audience, right? Great. And and and, and the the got the time had started. And the first line I said was, "Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen." Um, people think I look like Eddie the Eagle Edwards, but I can't see the resemblance myself. This was the ski jumper that was famous. Yeah. And I thought that was a fail safe because I was his double at college, you know. And this old bloke at the back just went, fuck off, and gonged me off straight away. So I walked off to my own footsteps, and the promoter oh went, have another go, have another go. So I did it again, same thing happened. Oh my and, God, you did it again. And I, and I went, and I went, Never say never again, but but um, I think my rightful place is in the audience supporting everybody. No, never say never again, but I will never do that again. No, I know I well the first time I ever did a solo thing was I did it was in 2017 and I was in Edinburgh with my boyfriend who was doing a show and I just was sort of there and I went I went to go and see loads of solo shows. I wanted to see like what people were doing and get a bit of confidence and a bit of inspiration. Just nick everyone's stuff. No, I'm joking. I'm very much joking. Um and he and then my and then I found this gig that was like this bus um that you know an old it was like an old yeah it was like yeah it was like an old train or an old bus or something and it was it was quite a way out and I was like okay fine I'll do it <laughs> went on and like I had my friend who was a direct, who was going to direct my my show the foot the next year in the audience and he'd seen Massive Dad he directed Massive Dad before and stuff and I went out and I did so and I was I cannot tell you how frightened I was I couldn't my, my, my throat went like it didn't just go dry it constricted like I was like oh. wow. I couldn't see. I was shaking like this I had a little script the guy who booked it books quite a lot of gigs has never booked me since and I do not blame him I did I think one joke worked in the 15 minutes nothing else did 
And when I came out, I was like, oh, and my director was like, I, I expected because my thing is very much like I always appear, I always appear a bit more confident than I am. And so I was like, I guess I probably appeared fine, but I felt bad. And my director was like, no, I've ne- I literally never seen a woman look more scared. Like, he was like, no one could ever laugh at anything you did because you looked so horrified by everything you were saying. I was like, oh, Jesus. Christ. So, and that was like, I'd done loads of shows in a sketch group just on my own. I just couldn't do it. What I'm saying is, you're golden. Like, it's it's terrifying. But the difference is, is that like, I had nothing else and you had probably a great job. So, like, I, that's all I had. I had to do it. <laughs> you see, I find that staggering because whenever I've seen you on stage, you do come across as exceptionally confident. Very confident. I'm, I'm so not. And it's, but I've learned how to do all the stuff that makes you feel yeah, like yeah. it. Because I think it's so important, so important that the audience is comfortable yes. with the performer and doesn't think that the performer is having a yeah, meltdown. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's so Even though you may be. <laughs> and yeah, and so often in Edinburgh you'll do a show and you'll be like, they hate this and I hate you. But like, but you have to just act like you're having the best time. And then sometimes yeah. the show picks up and they kind of warm to you a bit. And whereas I think a lot of people, and I've seen, I do see a lot of comics kind of take the piss out of the audience and be like, oh, you don't like me. And it's like, no, you've got to, your job is to make the audience have a nice time exactly, so even yeah. if that, even if they're not loving your jokes you can at least present that you're having a good time so then everyone <laughs> is at least chill and their buttholes aren't so tense watching you <laughs> but honestly the first one yeah my um, adam my director was just like okay so you can't do that again <laughs> yes i know i know so then the answer so the next time i just took i took a I took, I took a lot of gin and i basically was drunk the next time i did it and then that, that just got me through. And, but Brilliant. I don't do that anymore. I can't have a drink beforehand now. I have to be very honest. <laughs> so um, do you have a way of remembering all your routines and stories? <laughs> well, as I've said, no. Um, no I, um, <laughs> you don't so have I think, any notes or anything on your hands or anything like well, this? Well, when I'm doing work in progress, when I'm doing a preview or anything that isn't like, you know, like a Soho Theatre show or yeah. an Edinburgh show, yeah. I will have like... Sometimes I used to have like a like a script basically because um, I think it's very cool when like comedians have like a a notepad and I've always been fascinated by it. When they're and then they'll just like wander over and just look at the notepad and you're like and then come back and you're like no but I need to read the whole I've formulated the whole word literally <laughs> even the bits that I'm like oh yeah uh, I'm like oh yeah uh, it's like how are you so I've never been able to do that so I basically have a script I have a script throughout the whole of the preview thing. But what's been nice is as I've got more comfortable, of course, I then do the thing where I'm like, I realize I've not really looked at it for a long yeah, time. And yeah, I'm like, yeah. I'm like one of those comedians. I'm like one of those ones that don't look at the script. And um, whereas my first previews in 2018, I was like, um, hello, ladies and gentlemen. Um, so bad, but yes, yeah, so I do that. And I don't kind of put pressure on myself. And I've realized the more pressure you put on yourself and the more you tell yourself you can't learn lines and you will forget it, you'll yeah. just forget it. And like I said, right at the start, like, the moment I realised when I drop a line, it's not the end of the world. Like, it's absolutely fine. Um, that kind of puts you in a, a nice place. And also as well, I have, I do shows where there is projector and lighting changes and it's not just me and a mic. So sometimes that kind of helps. So there's been times where I've been like, I finished something and been like, I have no idea. Oh, that green light's <laughs> happened. So now I know it's this song. And so I can like move into it. So I kind of do those things to help me. And also, <laughs> also I have jokes 
and things that I can do that makes it look like I haven't forgotten the lines. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, like I did, the, my, my show Hot Content is about um, uh, basically... I pretend I sort of tell the audience I'm going to teach them about how to be very good at social media and, and very healthy with with their phones, but I'm terrible. So I just made it so that when I forgot my lines, that was that that, that was because I'm like a phone mad obsessed and my attention span's gone. When actually I literally had just forgotten the lines because I was quite tired. Um, so that sort of thing helps. But also I think I read a lot of my friends are like actors, like straight actors, and I, it's really helped me to speak to them and they say basically there's no like fun easy quick way of learning lines you just have to say them say them say them cover them check them say them say them say them um so you just i just spend like the three days before a show just going through and going through and going and walking around my house and there was this lovely time last year when i was rehearsing for my soho run in march just just before the, the pandemic hit and i um in 2020 sorry and i um walk around my, my flat doing this like doing my lines and I looked across and there was a flat with a little girl and she was just copying all my movements oh, <laughs> and, doing it. and I was so embarrassed I like ran and hid in the bathroom but it, oh, was, it was very nice <laughs> that's wonderful isn't it? that's brilliant so you know you found at least one great fan well two one big fan yeah <laughs> two-year-old two-year-old and you yeah um, You've appeared in many comic roles on TV and radio, including Breeders for Sky One, Russell Howard's Good News for BBC Three, and the sit the brilliant sitcom Damned for Channel Four. Yes. Um, on radio, you've appeared in Sketcharama, amongst others. Are there any differences, do you think, appearing on TV or radio as opposed to live stand-up? Well, I think on TV and radio, I've only ever had 20 seconds on camera. <laughs> I think that's the main So, so there is. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm in, I'm out. I'm all 20 seconds. Steve, come in, say a joke, then I'll leave. Um, I think the main, I think, uh, mm, yeah, there is massive differences. Right. I've not had, I've not had huge big, because I'm not really an actor. I mean, it says that I am on my blood, but I don't really. I like to, and I do bits and bobs, but it's kind of, so I find that, I find that whenever I do something like that, it's really fun. And what's so nice about it is that if you fuck it up, you can do it again. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> So yeah. nice. And also there's so many nice things that like, so I did something, I did Rose Matafeo's show, Starstruck. Oh, and she's brilliant. We, I love so that. Yeah, he's my yeah. favorite and yeah. there was, it was one scene and it was one of those things where it was like do the script and then just have a little improv and that's my fave because then you're like we've got the jokes that you want and then you can just have fun and if it doesn't work it doesn't work no one sees it whereas on whereas obviously with live the audience are watching every single thing you do so every body language thing every hang on I thought it was a dog, but it's not. Um, <laughs> the dog is, and it's okay. I was like, the dog's ripped something off. And he's <laughs> eating the wall. And it's just fine. And um, yeah, so every single kind of, basically there's a real, the first sort of five minutes or to be honest, actually the first sort of 30 seconds of being, of walking out onto the stage, humans make assessments and they make judgments on whether they think that they'll like you or whatever. And then you then have to either kind of, what's the word work harder to get them or they already like you so it's fine but then you lose them whereas with stuff on camera it's, it's kind of out of your control you just, you do what you do and then um they'll edit it in a way you we would hope makes it funnier and also you get loads of go so it, it it's very tiring and it also takes so long to do like so you know i really i only do sort of like one scene or something yeah, i sort of pop I up remember in you in it though 
Definitely. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The as best bit of it. Yeah, I knew there was something else. And I thought, what else? Is oh, it's fine. And um, but but that one scene obviously takes like a day. Yeah, You're yeah. like, how? <laughs> but that is the way it is. Um, yeah. And it's and I, I find doing I find doing film stuff like uh, so fun and so it's really really fun. But it's very it's much more difficult to get into. Whereas yeah. when you do live show, you've got full control and it's your thing and you decide what goes in. So that that's also quite nice. Basically, they're both fun and both scary in equal measures <laughs> um to date what has been your comedy highlight in other words was there a point where you thought to yourself yes this is going really well i can make a career <laughs> out of this considering all that you've said in the past absolutely <laughs> yeah no um yes i'm very self-deprecating i well actually i well look I will say that, so I started doing these online sketches in 2020 yeah. and then sort of going over into 2021. And like, look, Stephen Fry retweeted it and said this. Like, you've got to love that, haven't you? Like, Fantastic. that's got to be, that was great. Stephen Fry and James Corden and oh, Dawn French. And there's, there's, oh. a, there's a couple of moments where I've just been like, ah, oh. and to be honest, all it is is I'm just like, Stephen Fry's watched my sketch. <laughs> like, Dawn <laughs> French has seen me do my film. Like, it's just, yeah, yeah. It's, I love that. And, it, and it's, it, it doesn't really, you know, it's not really going to do anything. It's not going to make me, uh, you know, next stop Hollywood. But it is like, it's just quite a nice thing But where you go, oh, I've done something that someone that I really respect yeah, really yeah. likes. And I think that's, there's not very many quantifiable wins in the comedy industry. So you've got to take them where you can get them. Yeah, and that's yeah. mine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, that's, 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 that's a lovely answer. Um, and do you have any ambitions as a comedian? Would you like to be on TV? Would you like to play the O2? Would you like your own quiz show? <laughs> no ambitions at all. No. Um, <laughs> none. None, thank you. None for me. Um, no, I would like, I think, what would I like? I'm sort of quite, because I do quite a lot of things. So like I'm writing a book at the moment. So like, well, I kind of would like people to like the book. I'd like, I'd like to... I think I would like to write, because I've always kind of wanted to be sort of feel embarrassed saying it when it doesn't happen. I'd like to write a sitcom or something and yeah. have a nice little part, have a nice I little part in it. Yeah, there we yeah. go. Yeah. Or I mean, obviously my dream is a sketch show, but no one really wants that apparently. <laughs> um, but I've been, I've been trying for a long time. But, um, but I think, yeah, I think something... But also as well, like what I'm starting to realise, which is quite nice, is all the things that you think you want when you're younger. It's sort of this, the landscape has changed. So TV's great, and I would love a thing on TV. But also, it's just as good to do something fun online. Like yeah, actually, yeah. it's just doesn't it really. There's you know, there's what is what is a successful thing. So I, I'm my ambition, I think, is to just keep making things, yeah. to not give up, yeah. and to find like real to keep finding like joy in just doing little things and exactly, kind of. Yeah trucking along rather than I think be like I, I must be in Hollywood otherwise I will never be satisfied because actually I probably would hate it and it's too yeah. hot <laughs> that's yeah. a great answer just a great <laughs> answer so 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 good to you um who are your favorite comedians past and present oh god that's yes I saw this one and I was like I've got to prep this before because I always go <laughs> I don't know any. It's like yes, you do. And um, like when I when I did my like Oxford University interview, and they were like, "What books have you read?" And I was interviewing to be English literature, and I said, "I've not read any books." That's wow. literally what I said. I panicked. <laughs> I didn't get in. Didn't get in. Um, okay, so 
Well, when I was growing up, yeah. the, I, I just loved oh, the shows that everybody says. It's like The Fast Show and yeah. Big Train and Smack the Pony. And um, I, Anchorman was like my, I watched that like 17,000, Airplane, like Brilliant. those films. Yeah. Like I just, basically films with oh, um, Police Academy, like yeah. films and TV shows that have like an astonishingly high joke rate. That's what I like. I just like jokes. I've, I've very recently, actually today, just watched um, Auntie Donna's. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that is, that's my thing. And it's so different to so much stuff you see yeah. on, over here because it's just like, oh, they are committing to some jokes. Yeah. They, are big, they are big and silly and fun. And I, I laughed so much watching. I've only seen the first one, the first episode, but oh my God, I loved it. So I love Auntie Donna. Um, I saw them live a few years ago and they were amazing. But I just presumed that the Netflix series would be like them, but like someone had gone like, oh, but can you be a bit less like mental? But actually, no, <laughs> go even more crazy. I love it. Um, so Auntie Donna are great. Um, Comedians I really like. I really like, so who do I like? Let's actually think. Obviously, I really like James A. Caster and like Nish, Kumar and like all, all my faves because they're just, it's so nice because they're just, you know, you've, I've seen, I've sort of known them for a long time and yeah, you see yeah. them just be brilliant on a massive stage yeah. now and it's just, I get chills. Yeah. Um, other comedians that I really love who are coming, oh, I love, I love the kind of, I love like the online stuff that Alistair, Be- Alistair Beckett King does. I don't know if you've seen his online stuff. Yeah, I've the, seen the him on a live on News for You recently. He's been yes. top quality. He's yeah, been yeah. on loads of stuff and that's yeah. really cool. There's a guy who I really like who does this, this kind of really cool stuff on Twitch called Bill Al Zaffer. And oh, he's, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah, he plays like a, uh, a football coach but he, he's just right. so creative and he's just so he's just like doing things that are a little bit different and a little yeah, bit yeah. like wow that's so it's so innovative and, yeah. and exciting um but yeah and then and then okay now i've got to say a woman haven't i come on uh, <laughs> <laughs> also i know loads of amazing oh my god yeah one of my favorite stand-ups is gabby best and she's like a bit of a cult classic i know her well yeah she's and, brilliant She's just so physical yeah. and brilliant, and uh, and also John Kearns as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I think the, the, the thing is, is whenever I go and see pretty much any comedy show, I will find even even if like so, say it's it's, it's a comedy show that maybe people would say like, oh, that's not good. For example, I will find something in it that I'm like. Oh, but that was cool that they did That's that. Me. Like, I always try like and find the good in it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. because also it's quite it's easy to it's easy to do that when you're watching someone give something like just give something of themselves that yeah. is so yeah. intense. Yeah. And and there is always something, even if it's like, oh, that joke was actually really cool, or like even if it's like the lighting was great, but you could never tell them afterwards. I loved your lighting. <laughs> um, that's not cool. But there's always the something lighting. you take away from it. The lighting was oh that's brilliant. It. <laughs> Everything else was shit. Um, but, but yeah, there's always something in, or something kind of inspires me or, or yeah. makes me kind of go like, oh, yes, I should keep going because that was cool that they didn't. Maybe I could do something like this. And it kind of, yeah. So I think I'm kind of, it's difficult for me to ever say like, these five comedians I love. Yeah, and that's yeah. why I kind of been giving you quite a nebulous answer just because I think pretty much everything I watch, I always sort of appreciate it on a level, you know, I think I think that's a reason why the blog came about because it is. Uh, I'm hoping it's going to be such a positive thing. I mean, yeah. my the first comedian I ever saw was on holiday with with my family. I would be seven, and it, <laughs> and, it, and, it, and it was Les Dawson at Scarborough, 
and <laughs> he was just phenomenal. I can remember laughing at him at seven, and then a year later I saw Tommy Cooper, and I oh got, my and God. I got and I got the bug for it, and I've seen. Ken Dodd and the two Ronnies and all the rest of it. The only one I never saw early on was Morecambe and Wise. I would have loved to have seen them because oh, they're the yeah. reason why I do it. I, there's something more when you twiddle your glasses <laughs> or move your hat or something like that. I but, love them oh, so much. Superb. And to see them on TV now, it's still funny. Yeah. In, into the 80s, it was French and Saunders. It was Alexi um. Sale. I saw Rick Mail in Carlisle. He was incredible. Um, all the alternative comedians. And then, yeah. of course, into the 90s and the 2000s with the Edinburgh Fringe. So, you know, big supporter of the new of, of, of the new comedians as well. You were saying about James Acaster. I think he's one of the best at the moment. And I have a testimonials page on my blog where a lot of the comedians have very kindly said very nice things. And James Acaster put, uh, if I wasn't a comedian, I would happily sit next to Richard Gill all day and make him laugh. <laughs> oh, that's that so nice. Yeah. <laughs> so he is. He's, he's, he's brilliant. His last live show that was streamed. Oh, it was incredible, the, wasn't it? I think it's like, like stand up. The one was superb. Absolutely yeah. He's superb. a brilliant stand up, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Just, just following on from that, like me, do you tend to go to a lot of comedy gigs as a member of the audience? Yeah, I do. I, it depends on what sort of stage of my own work I'm in. So yeah. sometimes, so when I'm like writing, I go and see loads of stuff because, and it really is not that I'm nicking stuff, but I get inspired by people doing stuff. Just to, even if yes, it's got nothing to do with anything I'm doing, and often it doesn't. It's just really nice to go and see someone and see what they've made. And then yeah. you go, I could make something as well. Like, you know, and I think that's, you know, a lot of the, it helps me with the fear, basically. Because yeah, yeah. um, also either you go and you, you see something and you think it's incredible and, you, and you're inspired by it, or you go and you go like, okay, well, I didn't, that wasn't really my, my thing. So there's no reason, but, but lots, of, lots of other people were laughing at it. So there's no reason why I can't do something because... It's so subjective, isn't it? And like, yeah. well, that's what's lovely about comedy. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I always find find something. So I, I go and see a lot when I'm writing. When I'm performing at Edinburgh, particularly, I don't because I find Edinburgh and the intensity of the scrutiny that you put under and the reviews and all that stuff. I find it very difficult to to be sort of psychologically stable. Right. So, I, like, so I basically just that's totally I, understandable. <laughs> yeah, I can't really, and, and it's just that I can't enjoy. I can't just sit and just. I'm, I'm always like, oh, that's a good venue. Maybe I should do this venue. Maybe, maybe, oh, maybe that's a big, big, bigger venue than the miners. Maybe, you're like, what, what are you doing? I don't like that person. Yeah, that, you, yeah. know, you don't want to be that that person. I just so I always then go and see all the everyone Soho runs or alternative runs if 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 they they do them in like London. Yeah. Um, and then after I've done a big sort of you know an Edinburgh show or a run I kind of have a break because it kind of feels like work so <laughs> I have a little break and then I fall and then I fall in love with it again so for example like now it's you know it's been so long since I've seen anything yeah. I'm absolutely desperate to go and I'm just going to go and see everything at the Soho and everything at Pleasance and everything and I'm just going to go to North Down and Bill Murray and like all of them little venues around yeah. London because I don't really travel outside of London sadly but like and I think it's um yeah because it, there's I, I do there's the reason that's the reason why I do comedy is because I love going to see comedy and that's you kind brilliant. of that's why that's why I do this yeah you, know, you can is. forget there, sometimes if you're doing it there is something special about 
the art of it because it's just such a joyous thing you know what is not is. to love you know? it is yeah and, and you can get bogged down in the it's like if you can if you do anything and yeah. you see the same thing you can see the joins and you can see and you can go like oh that punchline was interesting but actually i would you know and you're like what so you have to kind of make sure that you stay just being like this is a show and i'm having yeah. a nice time come yeah. on yeah. <laughs> and i really i'm glad that i'm still able to do that that's that's lovely um <clears throat> last year 2020 was a very weird strange year for everybody um how have you found online gigs you said before you've done a few online sketches as opposed yeah. to live ones and what do you think the future is for live comedy oh big question well i didn't do any online gigs right. because i was like Oh no! <laughs> what I don't understand that. I did one, and it was Stu Goldsmith right, did. Like, oh, well, he's, no, great. He's, great. Yeah. he's great, and he had um, he basically interviewed me, and I did like I did like a character that I was doing anyway on because uh, I did this like weekly show on Twitch, which yeah. is like a weird plumber, throughout the lockdown, so that I could just do something, and it was like an improvised book club where like we made the book up and then we like talked about the book as if it was real and it was very fun so I, I just did that on his show but there was like zoom and so then there were an audience you could hear people laughing and it was actually really nice but I, the whole time that was right at the end basically of lockdown the whole time i've been like oh no it'd be awful and it was actually really nice i wish i'd done more but i basically did i just did online sketches that's what i did so i basically would put stuff out yeah, yeah. and i found that really nice because i suppose the control freak in me you've got like you've got complete control you don't see people going like that's boring. I'm gonna, you know, skip through that. Whereas on in, on the stage, you see people. You see, like I always, I can always zone in on the one person who's not laughing. You're like, why? Like I don't need that. So actually, doing online, so you just put it out. You don't, you don't look at it. Fine. And you and you can kind of go, look, that amount of people enjoyed it. So that's fine. And so I think yes, yeah, so I kind of concentrate on that. And I really did enjoy that for a bit. But then now I am both scared, but very much excited to go back into the environment where it's like anything could happen yeah. it's happening right now we're in the room like i think there's nothing and even no matter what happens with online comedy and i think the problem with online comedy is that i think monetizing it is very difficult and it's not really sustainable for yeah. comedians really i think it leads to something else maybe rather than is in and of itself um a name um especially with tiktok and stuff like that where it's so disposable but i think it will be like you know how the book everyone was like books will die and then actually because we need a respite from our screens we reading books and long form stuff is actually we kind of crave it i think that'll be like that with live i think yeah. there will always be a place to go into a room and just have stuff happen that will never happen again and i don't think you can ever recreate that feeling online I totally it agree. might yeah. change it might change and it might be more difficult to come up as a live comic you might have to do both in order to be successful i don't know but like yeah. i think that it will always i think you know it's like why aren't plays dead yet that doesn't make any sense but people want to see plays because they yeah. want to get off their phone so we might all i think we'll always have live comedy in some capacity mm. i think i totally agree i mean i mean from my point of view i i've been to a lot of online comedy and if it hadn't have been there, I don't know how I'd have got through lockdown because uh, mm. I was just sitting there doing nothing. And um, uh, um, but when it first started, there was no audio at all. So I would be sitting here laughing at four walls and literally I thought I was going to be taken away because I've got such a loud laugh. But when they opened up the audio, the comedians who did it, 
they could time the jokes because they could hear that they had like a virtual front row so the they, audience so they could yeah. time yeah so they could time the jokes they could chat to the audience and i would go on a monday night to sean james's happy mondays gig i'd go to always be comedy i'd go to i'd go i'd go to boothby grafo was a favorite of mine he he does live ones and on a friday i'd go to um jarlath regan's irish uh, um, show and they were all really very well done mm. but but you cannot be live I've just started to go back to live gigs and I love to go out on a Saturday night and have a few drinks or a meal and then just sit there and like you say it is in the moment you just have no idea what is going to happen but you just sit there and you say right entertain me and it's the yeah. best feeling in the world it really is so yeah. thank you very very much for all that you do because <laughs> it is it is wonderful to sit and and watch um just before we go and i could talk to you all night i've really enjoyed it it's been an absolute me too time. um is there anything else you would like to say have you got any gigs coming up have you got any well it's um, next year this is coming out isn't it? well uh, well I, I may jiggle them around a bit i don't know sure. I may, I may well i'll i'll say around. what i've got coming up and then you yeah. can always edit it yeah, to yeah, think. and yeah. um, so i'm doing i'm doing my first sort of hour-long live thing for since March 2020 wow. in at the end of July. So I'm doing my show hot content at the Soho Theatre for two nights. It's socially distanced um, in the downstairs. That'll be really fun. I think there's still tickets left. And then also I have a podcast called Nobody Panic, which is a lot of fun, where we basically, like me and my friend Tessa, who I used to be in a sketch group with, we basically like try and solve like how-to's, to try and help your life, but in a kind of fun way. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, and I guess, I suppose just, you know, follow me on social media and then you'll see the things I'm doing, I guess. What's um, your social media hook? <laughs> yes. Um, so I'm at Stevie M, but the S is a five and I regret it a lot, but I can't change it. <laughs> That's the same on Instagram and Twitter. Um, if you go on there, I guess you'll get a better idea of what I'm doing or what I'm not doing. <laughs> quite frankly maybe i'm just chilling out well i am delighted that you're gigging again in uh, in, in july and i for one i'm gonna get a ticket and come and see you so oh, I'll, be do. I'll, be I'll forget my line because, and then i'll salute you because you are you, you are terrific at what you do you made me you've made me laugh such a lot <laughs> and you've been a fantastic guest today thank you so much for your time Thank you, too. It's been absolutely lovely. All the best to you. Thanks now. See you.